Welcome to this episode of the award-winning Best of the Left podcast. This is a sample of our recent bonus episode. Every couple of weeks or so, our crew of researchers, Amanda and myself, get together for a roundtable discussion. So here's a few minutes for free so you can see what all the fuss is about. We're going to ease into our main topic today. We're going to talk a lot about male supremacy. Things are going to go downhill quickly. (laughs) I want to put in a genuine trigger warning here, which we don't do often, but this is what trigger warnings were made for. There's going to be talk about abuse and probably rape and probably, you know, lots of other things uh, about, you know, the psychological and physical abuse of women and where that all stems from. So trigger warning for all of those kinds of things coming up. But first, we're easing into it with this quick little story. Because um, Amanda and I are visiting my brother. We've been on a bit of a tour. We've been visiting the people we haven't seen in a couple of years. So we're in this new area. And uh, on the road between where we're staying and my brother's house, there is a very just classic uh, Catholic school. It's called the Immaculate Conception School of, you know, blah, 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 whatever. And you think, okay, you know, those are all over the place. No big deal. But then... Like two blocks down, there's a gynecological office, you know, women's health clinic, and their sign outside includes their logo, which is a cartoon uterus complete with smiley face, (laughs) and their tagline is personal care for your personal parts. (laughs) (laughs) And I thought... I think these things are connected. (laughs) Living in a world largely uh, influenced by the Christian faith and, uh, you know, fairy tales about immaculate conceptions because of the the dirty, dirty, dirtiness of sex and, you know, women's reproductive organs, etc. First of all, We shouldn't live in a world in which you have to make a uterus a cartoon in order to make it palatable to the wider society. And also, you would never do that in reverse. You would never go to a urologist office with cartoon penises making you feel more comfortable about the icky, icky male body. We should say, though, not never... Because you guys put us on to a, a place, I don't even remember the country, Bhutan. where that is totally, yeah, Bhutan, where it's yeah. totally normal to do that. That's true. That's not just urologist offices, though. And that's not about no, that's making people feel everything. comfortable. That's, and that's, that's a, like directly related to religion in, in that. In, yeah, they, they were worshiping the phallus in that particular city in Bhutan. But that's, that's, that's neither here nor well, it's. I guess it is how, there. That's not how here. many of our audience members are googling phalluses in Bhutan right now because that's what we were all doing when we had yeah, this conversation I mean, last. Time. On on one hand, I recommend it because it's interesting, <laughs> and on the other, be aware of what you're getting yourself into. <laughs> you will trigger see warning. phalluses. Yeah. Trigger warning. I will say I abstained. <laughs> Congratulations. There, there's enough uh, phallic shapes in the world. I didn't need to. <laughs> Go purposely seek them out. I will admit, I did tell that story 
to everyone on this call before getting on. Yeah, and you know how I like to get fresh reactions, and I I failed in in this instance, but I'm I'm going to save it a little bit. So if you'll all check your electronic devices, I'm sending you a text message right now, and if you could just describe what you see. <laughs> feel like this is Jay's attempt to make us more comfortable with our uh, womanly anatomy. <laughs> it's a spooky Halloween Oh uterus. my goodness. <laughs> we, got a, we got a reindeer. <laughs> so what I did was I, I looked up this women's health clinic on their social media page and it turns out they get quite seasonal with their... <laughs> With their what? Oh my god! This is all from this one place, <laughs> Cinco de Mayo. Oh yeah, yeah. This is all from that clinic. <laughs> oh my god! We have to describe what we're seeing. Yeah, we need this link below so the audience can follow along <laughs> and have their sure. reaction for sure. <laughs> so, Dion, you mentioned that there's a there's a spooky Halloween pumpkin <laughs> themed universe yeah, the, complete with the, ghosts. Yeah, the uterus is a pumpkin, and there's bats and a <laughs> ghost behind it, and I, that's unbelievable. But that's a not seven, even the most unbelievable. One. We have the but, fall one that is non-Halloweeny, um, complete with a fallopian co- tube holding coffee. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I mean, they're all floating in midair. Well, yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, except for the. <laughs> The one that's about to get hit by a tidal wave. Enjoying the beach. Oh, is it standing on a beach? Is that what's happening? <laughs> yeah. That might yeah. be a surfboard. You're su- right. Su- surfboard on, you know, su- summertime uterus wearing some cool shades. My favorite by far is this reindeer one who has candy cane fallopian <laughs> tubes with holly at the end. <laughs> I So I agree. I like the Christmas uterus the best too. <laughs> But the one that's the least expected, I think, is the Cinco de Mayo yeah. uterus wearing <laughs> with, a sombrero. With maracas as the ovaries. Yeah. <laughs> Jeez. You guys. Oh, my God. In this uterus universe, the coffee company is uterus-based because that's the label on the, the little coffee that the fall... Yeah, is holding. I mean, this is like building worlds, you know, authors talk about building worlds. They've, they've yeah. built a world for this cartoon mm-hmm. uterus and, and <laughs> they have and coffee made just for them. And, it, and yeah. it's having a good time wherever it goes. Yeah. I have never felt more comfortable with my anatomy than now. <laughs> then it has done its job. Aaron, I don't know. Aren't you like jealous that your uterus can't dress up in costumes seasonally? Like that's how I'm feeling. Like, I just... How do I get the uh, Rudolph nose right. down there? <laughs> <laughs> All right. So shall we smoothly transition to the oh, the God. scourge of male supremacy uh, highlighted by incels who murder women for not having sex with them? That seems oh. just as fun. Yes. Yeah. Just, super casual. Less less seasonality in this conversation, but just just as Yeah, yeah. No, it's it's always the season for male supremacy. Yeah. So th- this conversation was sort of started a few weeks ago. I got a email from a listener 
saying that there's there's a whole you know system of oppression that doesn't get talked about enough like we talk about the symptoms of it we talk about white nationalism and racism we talk about um uh you know the the dynamics of uh you know how male supremacy plays out in usually right-wing terrorism and and you know other facets but there was an article slash, you know, podcast interview that was arguing straight up, like, we need to understand male supremacy itself as its own unique thing that is the source of these other issues. And it sort of it sort of came from there was a you know report issued and they were talking about you know various aspects of extremism that should be officially added to the category of right-wing extremism in America. And they they singled out incels as extremists, but not explicitly right wing, because you don't have to be right wing to not be able to find someone to have sex with and uh, and then be mad about that, right? <laughs> but it is an inherently right wing idea of male supremacy. Like male supremacy is inherently right wing. And that is where these ideas stem from. The idea that if I cannot find someone to have sex with me, an injustice is being done against me. And understanding that as sort of the root of of these other uh, sort of you know tentacles of male supremacy is is important in and of itself. So, for instance, this article has a couple of examples about why understanding the this root cause of male supremacy is important because if you don't understand it it can be confusing to to uh, to understand what's actually going on in in an example so uh, you know for instance there are men of color in contemporary far right movements which traditionally hate people of color and so that seems like total cognitive dissonance if you don't understand the deeply embedded misogyny and male supremacy embedded in that movement. And, and, and it also sort of gives weight to how enticing that is that a movement built on male supremacy can overcome the inherent racism that is also usually uh, built into those movements. So yeah, it's, it's very foundational, very important to, understand thoughts everyone so i think we saw a lot of this with um, trump supporters more recently the recall election that happened in california where there was a large percentage of hispanic males who supported the trump-like candidate who was preaching things that go against some of their identity but again placing that patriarchal type of thinking that masculine or mochismo, if you will, um, aspect of it first. So when you look at this on a global scale, you see that women are the largest disenfranchised group. And then, you know, using a specific example in the queer community, you see a lot of times what's prioritized, um, what is pushing legislation, what's pushing movement is very male centric. So women, non-binary, the transgender community, all of their needs fall to the wayside. 
in order to uphold, you know, the men that are in our community to place their needs above ours. Because no matter what, we're all under patriarchy, even in this outsider group, right? Yeah, I think thinking of it as, as a gateway is a is definitely a helpful framing. You know, I, I'm sure people come to these movements through a number of different gates, <laughs> but but this one in particular is the easiest, I'm sure, right? And right now, because there is a swell of conversation about pushing back again <laughs> on the patriarchy, the Me Too movement, you know, there, there are things that are happening right now, you know, the, even just the Women's March as a thing, as a, as a symbol of resistance in the early Trump years, you know, we're having this kind of groundswell right now. What we get out of that we is yet to be determined, but there's always going to be some backlash. So it's helpful to see the backlash or see it not just as general backlash and as specific um, recruitment mechanisms. And the fact that men who are feeling like the world doesn't work for them in the way it once did anymore, um, have a place to air their grievances. And there's obviously, you know, public forums for them to be part of, which makes it even easier. I feel like the the backlash from earlier waves of feminism was different in that way. Like now we have almost these conveyor belts of entering into white or male supremacy movements um, in a way that we didn't before. Yeah, the the recruitment idea you touched on, I think, is important that, you know, it's like the Proud Boys are sort of the most famous example of a very explicitly male supremacist organization, but they are also like, what do they call themselves? Western chauvinists or something. (laughs) And to me, that is very, very inherently racist, but their marketing is strictly male supremacist, which allows it to be enticing to those male people of color who should otherwise see it for what it is as a deeply racist philosophy, but because they only, you know, they they focus primarily on misogyny. They're like, okay, I I can get on board with that because I definitely have some problems with women in this country or in society or whatever. And so they, they they will jump on board with that because they see it as an on-ramp to get them to where they want to go. Whereas if they saw it in the more complicated way that I think it really is, they would be turned off at least to some extent. Well, and I would bet that they still have those hierarchies that exist in their group. Like they still have racism that prioritizes, you know, white males over people of color, but because they exclude women, because they exclude trans men, there's still that power dichotomy where even if you're a person of color in this group and you're not, you know, seen as completely equal to the other men, there are still people that are below you that you can look down upon and prioritize that. So I think that helps with the wrapping your your mind around the ideology that, yeah, you, you might not be at the very top, but at least there's there's other people who aren't shit and that you're superior to. Mm-hmm. And it's also, you know, male supremacy, as the article suggests, is just more socially acceptable. You know, we 
are on board with casual sexism. I mean, even overt sexism to a certain degree, you'll find men and women both agree to that with the caveat that women are okay with that because they've been socialized to be. But (laughs) um, I, I feel like it helps that that's the socially acceptable where, you know, it might not be socially acceptable to be overtly racist, but if I can also, you know, put this power dichotomy up in other ways and talk about it in that form, then I don't feel so powerless. I think the, the, the framing of male supremacy as a gateway is kind of misleading. I think we should think of it more of as like the base of a pyramid. It's the basis of all the other hatreds that you can build upon on top of that, as opposed to, cause you know, like a gateway is, it just leads you to more different things, but like the baseline, it's always there in all these movements and racism in you know, homophobia. And it is a misogyny. It that is, is it for today's free sample. Paying members are who make this entire show possible. And so these bonus episodes and the bonus clips that go in our regular episodes are all just to say thanks to them for their support. And we've been in a drought of advertisements on the show for a while now, which means we are all the more grateful for every single member who signs up. If you would like to be our newest member, you can sign up at bestoftheleft.com slash support or from right inside the Apple podcast app. If you can't afford a membership, I offer financial hardship memberships. Just drop me an email and we'll get you all set up. As always, thanks for listening and thanks for your support. 